Let's just wait on the Lord for a second. God, we're here for you tonight. We believe that you are who you say that you are, that you're our friend, you're our father, that you're our father, God. Your heart is so for us. You're so for us, Jesus. And I just invite you even more right now. Silence can sometimes be awkward, but I believe the Lord moves. He's here right now. So Holy Spirit, we invite you even more, even deeper, Jesus. In your beautiful, precious name, we love you. Amen.
sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, real recognize is real, sorry. Um, Father, we just thank you for coming here tonight. Uh, we also thank you for just being here. We just thank you for the worship team, for their hearts, um, welcoming your presence, Lord. We just thank you that the fact is you meet us right here where we're at. Um, Father, I just pray that our hearts would be open and receive you. And if first time, maybe in a new way, maybe the second or third time. Father, just come meet us right where we're at. Right now, we just welcome your loving presence that you would just bring us ears to hear you, the eyes to see you, but the heart to welcome you. We just thank you for this time. We just thank you for what you're going to do tonight and have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, all of our people said, amen. Man, could we give the worship band a round of applause, guys? Good job. Well, you guys may have a seat. What's up, everyone? My name is Ryan. I'm uh, one of the leaders and the pastor here with Alive. It is so awesome just to have you guys here with us. Thanks so much for coming out. What's up, Anna? Anna and David just got married. Can we give Anna and David a shout out? They just got married this weekend. Man, thanks for joining us, guys, on your, like, honeymoon week. Wow. I'm privileged. We're privileged. Well, hey, guys, we are excited to have you guys here with us. Um, if you guys were here last week, this is only our second time in the ARC. Um, and last week, we kind of kicked off our series of the semester talking about what does it mean to be alive. And we really talked about this revelation and this idea that we really can't know what our purpose is if we don't first know who we are. And we really can't know who we are if we really don't know from whom we come from. And if you guys ever asked yourself, who is Father God? Think about that for a second. Maybe some of you, oh man, what's up, Cassie Clark? Cassie in the house. <laughs> hey, Jared. <laughs> um, but have you guys ever, I don't know about you, but I grew up in church, and God was talked about a lot, and I could never figure out the difference between God, Jesus, and then they talked about the spirit guy that, like, kind of was a ghost and a shadow, and that even tripped me out even weirder. But have you ever wondered who God the Father is? Is, this, is he this guy up in outer space with a magnifying glass waiting for us to mess up, looking down at us? Is he like a Santa Claus figure that wants to give us presents and gifts all the time? I don't know about you, but I, I kind of always pictured God like that. But have you ever thought about who the Father is? And tonight, as we think about that revelation, what does it mean to truly be alive? We don't want to look yet at, well, what is our purpose or who are we? Because it all starts with who is our father and whom we come from. So that's what we're going to go after tonight. Will you pray with me? Father, I just thank you, God, that you are a good dad. That you are the best dad. And God, I don't want to stand up here and act like that, that I can talk about you or teach about the goodness of you. So, Father, I ask that you come and lead us to the goodness of your heart. That you would show my friends and my family the same way you showed me the good, good Father that you are. That we would know you, not just in our minds, but come to know you in our hearts. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. God, I pray that you just quiet my words, that you speak to me and through me. 
in a way that people aren't here to hear from Ryan or to hear from the worship band, but they're here for a living, divine encounter with the living God. So whether it's their first time or their hundredth time, I pray, God, I ask, God, that you would come and meet us, inspire us, and awaken us to who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, I don't know about you, but I talk about three things almost time every time I speak. The world race, football, and movies. <laughs> Amen. That's why you guys come, right? Um, and Emily's cookies. Um, if you had some of those, they might be back there. Um, but I love movies. And if you watch a lot of movies like me, probably at least five out of ten movies has something to do about the character is either looking for significance, identity, or, or love. Or maybe all, all, all of them in together. And there's three movies that I, when I was praying about this message and asking God what to say, that came to mind. And so I just want to share those. The first one, and I talked about this a little bit last week, Man of Steel, Superman movie. Came out, I think, like five years ago. There's a Justice League coming out soon uh, in the fall, if you guys like comic books. I do. Um, but it's like Batman and Flash and a bunch of them. It's cool. Maybe we'll go see it. Um, but <laughs> the movie The Man of Steel, it was so intriguing that when I watched that, that he's going from job to job, town to town, trying to figure out what his purpose is. He knows that he's different. He knows that he has these powers and these abilities that no one else has, but he can't figure out why. He was adopted. He doesn't really know where he's from or whom he came from. He just know he's, knows he's different, and the life that he's living, there's got to be more to it. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt or wondered, is there more to life than what you're living? I know I have. And so I love this movie that he's going from job to job, town to town. It's like he's searching for something. Have you ever felt like you're searching for something? Have you ever felt like you're searching for significance or your purpose or who you are? And again, I would like to propose that maybe it starts out not with finding our purpose or who we are, but finding out who he is. And so in the movie, he comes across this amazing discovery and he finds out who his father is. His father comes from another planet, and he tells him his name. He says, what, that's your name? Who are you? And then he goes on to tell him who he is. And as he finds out who his father is, then he finds out who he is. And once he finds out who he is, then he finds out what his purpose is. But it all starts with the father. You know, think about it. What makes you your kids, your, your, your parents' kid? Mark, how do I know that you are your dad's son? Shout it out. Anyone, anyone have an answer? Shout something out. You look like him. Good, good idea or good answer. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? How are you? you love your dad, man. How, how are you your son's dad? How do I know that? You act like him. Amen. What about you, Tuck? Same last name that you got. I was looking for that answer. Good job, bro. <laughs> I was like, man, how long am I going to have to keep going? <laughs> Those are all good answers. That was the one I was looking for. Man, you guys carry his last name, right? You look like him. You have the same DNA. You act like him, right? Whether you're close to your dad or your mom or not, you're biologically tied to them. Growing up, I wasn't close to my dad. And it's amazing how so, so many people meet me or even my, my mom, I can do certain things. And she's like, oh, you're just like your father, <laughs> you know. And it, we're, we're, we're a part of our parents and they're a part of us, our mom and our dad, our grandparents, our brothers and sisters. There's something special about our dad. 
do you know that Jesus' last name is Christ? And people would say that that's God's first name. That Jesus is the Christ of God. That Mark Hagee is his dad's last name. Caleb Hummer, Ryan Tucker, that we carry our parents and our father's last name. But what makes us our parents' kids? We act like them. We look like them. There's a part of us that we live with them. Them and us and us and them. And no one can take, that, take us a part of that. In this other movie um, that was brought to mind, Guardian of the Galaxies 2, has anyone seen that? Yeah? Yeah, awesome, couple people. I just watched it for the first time. Everyone couldn't believe it because usually, like, I'm on the ball, I'm on top of seeing movies. And I just watched it, and it was so crazy. The main character, he, throughout the whole movie, he's looking to fi- find out who his father was. And he's trying to find significance and purpose, and he's trying to be this warrior and this hero. And it all stems back to because he never knew who his dad was. And he never felt that acceptance and love from his dad. He never felt like that identity from his dad that only in some ways a father can give you. And at the end of the movie, or in the middle of the movie, he finds his biological dad. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for anyone. But his biological dad pretends to be this awesome guy and he's not. And, And this guy that kind of adopted him, that actually he thought kidnapped him, which he ended up saving his life. And it's this cool scene at the end of the movie. He's like, I might not have been your father, but I was your dad. And he realized the whole thing that he was looking for his whole life was right in front of his eyes, and he never realized it. And I don't know about you, friends, but I felt like that. I've wondered, what is my purpose? What is my significance? Looked in the mirror at night after parties, said, who is Ryan Otto? What's the real reason I'm alive? There's got to be more than just making money, uh, and, you know, growing old, having kids, getting married. There's got to be more than that. There's, that's good stuff. But why am I alive? Out of all the people that have been created on this earth, why me? To take it even deeper, it might sound crazy, but you look at all the animals or all the insects or all the birds of the sky and all the fish of the sea. Well, why wasn't I a fish? Think about it. You didn't choose to be you. I know it sounds kind of insane, and it kind of is, but think about it. Why are you you? It starts with our Father. This summer, um, it was probably honestly one of the highlights of my summers. We had an amazing guy small group uh, that, that Ben Perkinson and Mark and some other guys came. We had about 12 to 15 guys there each week, and it was honestly probably one of the, my most favorite small groups I've ever been a part of. And we sat around a bonfire pit, and we read this book, Fathered by God, by John Eldridge. If you've if got, especially guys or anyone, it, it kind of is wrote to dudes. Um, don't worry, him and his wife wrote a book just to girls. Um, but, you know, it talks about what it means to be a man and be fathered to be the men that God created us to be. And, and in this, he wrote something that, that literally blew my mind. You know, let me ask another question since we're doing pop quizzes today, right, Brad? Why, why did Jesus die for us? Shout out some answers. Why, why did Jesus die for you? To take away our sins. To be a sacrifice. Because he loved us. So we don't have to die. Amen. Man, you guys should just preach. Why do you need me to preach? It's good. Kaylee, why did Jesus die for us? Amen. Zach, why did Jesus die for us? 
your life. Yeah, those, and all those answers are true, exactly true. I read a line in this book that I want to read to you guys that blew my mind. And it says this. I think I lost my spot. It's okay. I'm just going to say it from my heart, and it's going to be on the screen. <laughs> but I read this, and it said, Jesus didn't just die so that we would be forgiven, but he died so that he would bring us home to the Father. And I read that. and it, Jesus died for us so that we could come home to the Father. Can you show the next slide, Em? Forgiveness, it says, was not the goal of his death. Whoa, this blew my mind, right? I grew up in church believing that Jesus died so that we'd be forgiven of our sins, that forgiveness was the goal. Forgiveness was the thing that we got. But he says it was not the goal. The goal was to bring us home to our Father. Forgiveness was an outcome of what he did. But the goal, the reason God sent Jesus for each and every one of us, for our kids and our grandkids, for anyone that will live before us and everyone that has lived behind us, was to bring us home to the Father so that we could have relationship with the almighty, eternal, everlasting God. I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, that rocked me because I've never thought about it like that. Imagine if someone you loved was lost. Say your little brother or cousin was lost around the world and you spent your whole life searching for them. Not just to make sure they were safe, not just to give them money or to help them, but to bring them home to see your dad. Because you knew the only thing in life that your dad wanted was to see your little brother or sister who was missing. That's the goal. And Jesus is our older brother that did that. And so I feel like, friends, as we talk about who the father is today, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I have all the answers because I don't. But I know a book that has a lot of them that will help us. And I want you to know that I'm on a journey with you discovering every day who my father is, who our dad is. And as we discover that, we discover more who we are. And as we discover more who he is and we are, then we figure out what our purpose is, what our destiny is. And that's not defined by a job. That's not defined by an income. That's not defined of what we do. It's defined on who we are. Because who we are makes what we do meaningful. Amen? Amen. So today, I just want to look at some scriptures and stories. And actually, I want to share one more movie clip. There was three. Um, In this book, it talks a lot about the movie Kingdom of Heaven. Has anyone seen the movie Kingdom of Heaven? It's uh, with Orlando Bloom. No? No, guys? That's like an epic war movie. Yeah? Ryan, one? Well, i got to have you guys over. we got to watch that. This is a great movie. Um, but in this movie, ba- his name's Balian is the main character. He hasn't known his dad his whole life. And something tragic where his wife dies and he's a blacksmith. All he known is a blacksmith. And it's like midi- in medieval times. It's actually based upon a true story. Um, and, and out of nowhere, his, his dad comes with a, just a flood army of knights. And he comes from Jerusalem. And he comes, he said, hey, I've been looking for you. You're my son. If you come with me, I'll give you a purpose, identity, and place. And he, he had a lot of pain, and he said no. And his dad rode away, and he said, you'll never see me again. Have you ever felt like that? Like you get a chance, you get a second chance to start completely over? 
and he rode away, and I don't know what happened inside Balian. But he got on a horse, and he went after his dad. And his dad stopped, and he was so full of joy to receive him. And then this, this other army came after Balian, and his dad only knew him for literally a half a day. And his dad and his whole army defended Balian and even sacrificed his own soldiers to defend and fight for his son. And it's such an amazing story about Balian coming to know his father. And as he knows his father, he becomes to find out who he is. And then he's given amazing destiny and purpose. And my prayer in my heart tonight through Alive, that as we come here Wednesday nights and through small groups and do community with each other, we continually to point ourselves to who Father God is, to sit with him, to listen to him, to read scripture, because as that happens, we come to know who we are. And so as I'm reading scripture and as I'm praying for this message, I'm like, God, how am I supposed to tell people about you? How am I supposed to tell people who you are? I mean, I can't do that within 30 minutes. I can't do that if I had 30 hours, <laughs> right? There, there's so much about God that, that's in the Bible, but that even more that we don't even know about God. And this scripture came to mind, and it said, when you see me, you see God. And I was thinking about that and praying about that. It's like, God, what does that mean? And I looked it up, and Jesus said it. When you see me, you see God. And I felt like the Father said, Ryan, you can't teach them about me, but you can lead them to a place in my heart that I've shown you and that you've experienced through scripture and your own journey. So that's my prayer of what we're going to do tonight. Um, as we start, I just want to share this scripture, and I know it's a well-known scripture that at least half of you probably know, but it's John 3.16, and it says this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal everlasting life. How many of you knew that scripture? Almost everyone in this room. Sweet. I know, I I've, can't remember when I first heard that scripture. And I was like, God, why am I going to sh share John 3.16? Everyone knows that. That's going to be most, the most boring message. They know that. And he's like, read it again. And so I read it again. This is how God loved the world. And then he said, and my people, because my people are part of the world. So, so change the, the word world with people. For this is how God loved his people. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, a.k.a. his people, who choose to believe in him will not perish but have eternal everlasting life. Then I, I felt like I was supposed to read it in the Amplified Version. And I, I think I said this last week, but I love the Amplified Version. Does anyone read the Amplified Version in their Bible? Man, if you ever come across a verse that you just don't understand, look it up in the Amplified Version. I love it. It, it, it explains things in brackets. So I want to read it in the Amplified Version. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, or a.k.a. his people, that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as, his, as savior will not perish but have eternal life. I love that. So for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. Do you guys know that you are prized? That each of you have been bought with a price? 
that you matter more than you know? That he loves you and he prizes you and he would do whatever he could to search for you, to fight for you. And then he sent the one person that he loves the most to die for you. Not just to save you of your sin, not just so that you'd be forgiven, McKenna, but so that you could come home to him and have everlasting life in him as we live on this earth and most of all, when we go to heaven. Think about this. Think about the one person you love most in your whole life right now. Think about them. See their face. Imagine you giving up that person. You, you choosing that for that person to die for a stranger that you didn't even know. That would be hard, right? That takes sacrifice, right? I couldn't imagine doing that. But that's how much God loved us to do that. I know this might sound elementary. I know you might know this. But let that soak in, not just here, but here. Check out, check out how, how it says in the message version, version. This is how much God loved the world, a.k.a. his people. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one needs to be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger at us, telling the world how bad it was. No, he came to help. He put the, to put the world and make the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe and the one-of-a-kind son of God when introduced to him. Wow, think about that. I remember when I was in Nepal um, on the world race, and we went to this thing. I've shared this story before, but we went to this thing called the Monkey Temple. And there was literally um, all these people worshiping gold idols, gold statues. And literally, I thought it was just tourism. I thought it was people just taking pictures. And I, I thought about this first, and I was like, wow. What if these people never come to know Jesus? And what if I'm here right now in this time, in this place, so that they would experience and come to know the truth of Jesus? And something inside of me clicked that night because if I'm being honest, I've kind of been a fraidy cat most of my life. I've always been afraid of what people will think of me. I've always been afraid of stepping out in my faith and really sharing about Jesus because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. But something hit me that night. It's like, what if they don't come to know Jesus today because I'm too afraid to tell them? And I was like, you know what? Right now in this moment, not saying it's like this all the time, but right now in that moment, something clicked and said, I would rather be offensive to someone than be afraid to share the love of Jesus to them. Now, I don't want to be in their face. I don't want to push things on people. I don't like that. But I also don't want to be afraid to share about the love that, of what my father has done in my heart. Because if we are transformed, if we are new people, when it says, when those who accept Christ, the old is gone as the new has come, I want to live transformed. I want to live like I'm a new person. I want to be radical and full of faith. I don't want to be afraid. If God says stop and talk to someone or pray to someone or do this or take off your shoes and give it to them, I want to live a life that does that. Because I've lived too much of my life of not knowing who I am. 
And if we truly know our dad loves us and cares about us and is there for us, wow, what an amazing adventure we get to live. Amazing adventure we get to live because we get to live it with him. And so every day when I wake up, I try to say, God, remind me how much you love me. Remind me of who you are, Father, because as I know who you are, I know who I am. And you know who I look to to be reminded of that? It's Jesus. And that's why I felt like I was supposed to read three different versions of John 3.16. Because it all points to Jesus. The Father loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his favorite person, his only true son, that looks like him, that acts like him, that has his last name, to come die for you, Jake Cerny. So that you could come home and have relationship with the Father in heaven, but most of all, still on this earth. So that we can live with him. Because see, sin separates us. But Jesus came to be the bridge so that we would walk over that sin, trample that sin, so that we can have relationship with the Father. See, some people think, oh, well, I'll just ask Jesus into my heart when I'm on my deathbed, and then I'll be saved. And yeah, I believe that can happen. But I don't know about you, I don't want to just be saved. I want to live and have a living, vibrant friendship with my dad. I want to have him as my best friend. And if I have him as my best friend, I have Jesus as my best friend. Check out this verse in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He made him who had no sin to be sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God. So who is the father, you might ask? I don't have all the answers. I could tell you all these Bible scriptures and what the Bible says. But I say if we really want to be on a journey of knowing who the father is, I say we look at who Jesus is. Because in Hebrews, it says Jesus is the exact representation and image of God. So that when we accept Jesus in our hearts... We are not just given the free gift of eternity, and we are not just forgiven of our sins, but we are given a relationship with our Heavenly Father. So that way, whether we knew our earthly dads or not, he, our, our spiritual dad comes and fathers us and adopts us and makes us sons and daughters. We carry his last name on our back. We carry his image. We carry his DNA. We start to look like him and to act like him and to live like him because we have him inside of us. And we have him inside of us because we have Jesus inside of us. Whether you've never heard of Jesus or you've been a Christian your whole life, let that sink in for a second. Not just here. The mind is great. But let it sink in here. I knew this my whole life, but I had never experienced it in here. And I'm up here tonight, and we, we do this every week. So yes, that you would know, that you would learn, but that you would experience the reality and the realness of God. You know, sometimes I've been going to church now for, man, my whole, almost my whole life. I've been in relationship with God now for 11 years. And sometimes going to church gets stale. And sometimes I hear the message over and over and over. Or if a preacher's speaking that I don't like, I'm like, oh man, he's speaking again. Or her's she's speaking again. 
And God says, you know what, Ryan? You should never go to church and not be able to encounter me. Because you shouldn't be going for the worship band or the speaker. You should be going to hear and encounter me. So I want to challenge you guys right now, if you guys, not the new Christians or not the new people, but for some of you who have been coming to Alive for a while or coming to church right now, if you're not experiencing anything or not getting anything out of it, I'm going to lovingly say you might be looking for the wrong thing. And I know I've been there before. And that's why every day I have to put my hands on my heart and say, God, open my heart so that I can see you in this world, so that I can experience you in this life. And God, I pray that today as I live and when I go to bed tonight that I will look a little more like you because I live this life with you. I walked in your presence. I looked to your son. I talked to you. I listened to you. And I lived a life of faith and not by fear, not by sight, but with you and in you. I remember when I was on the world race, we had a very small budget, and again, forgive me if you've heard this story, but we literally lived on $4 a day, and that doesn't get you a lot, and my dad came, my, my earthly dad came, um, it was a really cool blessing, he came to visit me for a week when I was in Thailand, and we're walking on the street, and I met, there was a gas station, he's like, hey, do you want to go get something? And I was like, what do you mean, I can go get something? He's like, yeah, go get two or three Gatorades, get a couple Snicker bars. And it was crazy, and I felt kind of embarrassed in the moment, but I started tearing up. And he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, Dad, I haven't had a Gatorade or a Snicker bar for such a long time. And if I did, that means I was sacrificing my lunch or my dinner. And, and it was just such a, you know, sometimes when you don't have things and you get things, it, it opens your heart to makes you realize how thankful you are. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that. And I just felt like God said, I, you know, I lived in this confidence that week because I knew my dad had my back. I knew my dad was with me. I wasn't afraid of what I was going to spend. I wasn't afraid of being out too late. I wasn't always looking over my shoulder. I knew my dad was with me. What if we lived our life knowing that our spiritual dad was always with us? Could you imagine the things we could do? Could you imagine the things we could accomplish? And I'm not going to stand up here and say, I always live like that. But that's why we have community. That's why we <laughs> come here at 6 o'clock and, 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 and try to have small groups throughout the week. And that's why we do church, is that we can be a community and a family that points our, each other to the Father and to Jesus. Because as we get to know them, as we walk with them, as we spend time in their word, spend time in, their, in the presence with him, we become alive and our hearts are awakened to something more. I don't have this scripture on the screen, but I really just felt like the father wanted me to read this over you. It's actually one of my favorite chapters and it's John chapter 14. And if it's okay, I'd just like to read this. It says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my, father, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would not have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be with me. Can you just let that sink in for a second? Jesus is saying that he left to go and prepare a place for you. But he promises and he says, I will come back for you. I will come back to take you home to my father's house. And that's not only, I just feel like I'm supposed to say this, 
for anyone who has lost loved ones, there's hope that we will see them again. There's hope that this life is not true life. I'm thankful for it and I don't want it to be over yet. But there's more to come because Jesus is coming back. He says, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I'm going. You know the way, the place where I'm going. Thomas said, who's one of his disciples, Lord, we, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I love this verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm just going to say that again. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Philip, another one of the disciples, said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Philip, don't you know me after, after I have been among you for such a long time? And guys, here it is. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who, see, who has seen me, Jesus said, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Or at least believe in the evidence of the miracles themselves. Guys, what God's saying, we come to know the Father. We come to know who he is by looking at Jesus. Let that soak in. When we read this book and we come to church, whatever church you go to, or you come to Alive or any of the other amazing ministries on campus, as we come to know Jesus, not just in our minds and our hearts, we come to look more like him. We come to act more like him. And we start living with a deeper and more important purpose because it's our Father's purpose. It's our Father's name. Will you watch this video with me? The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And he is the father you have been looking for all your life. This is his love letter to you. familiar with all your ways 
Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son, Jesus. For in Jesus, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I love that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love.
You know, I, m- I remember the first time I, I watched that. Someone sent it to me in an email when I was in eighth grade. And I'll be honest, I only went to church because my grandma made me go to church. You know, if I'm being honest, uh, whoa, okay, here we go. If I'm, be- if I'm being honest, my dad was pretty hard on me growing up, and I didn't have the best relationship with him. And I don't know about you, but uh, I think subconsciously it's very easy for us to attribute what our earthly dads are like to what our heavenly father is like. And in some stories, that's a really good thing. And in some stories, maybe like mine, it's not the best thing. And I love my dad now, and we actually have a really great relationship, and he's really grown in his faith, and it's been amazing. But growing up, you know, I really only felt like he loved me if I did what he wanted me to do. And that's called conditional love. And I don't, I don't blame him for it. He was young, and he had a lot going on in his own life. But I feel like the Father wants us, wants to open our hearts tonight to show us that he loves us with unconditional love. That it's not based on what we do. Even though reading the Bible and going to church is an amazing thing and we hope this room is filled, it doesn't make God love you. He loves you because you're his kid and he's your dad. So Father, I just pray right now, God, that you come, Jesus, and you do what only you can do. And I just think of that story, God, in Scripture with the two brothers and the younger brother leaves and spends all his money on alcohol and things that he, he shouldn't have. He wasted the inheritance. He ruined his dad's name and showed him so much disrespect. But his story wasn't over. And when he came home, Scripture says that his father saw him when he was a long ways off. And the father ran to him, threw his arms around him, and threw the biggest party he had ever thrown because his son that was lost, his child that was lost, had now come home. So, Father, I pray tonight, whether it's for the first time, the 50th time we would come home to you Jesus we love you God thank you for first loving us being the good father that you are
I got this video and I got this other email. I guess I was checking my email a lot back then. It was a cool thing to do. Um, and I got this email about this story about a little boy who went swimming on a warm Florida day. And while he was swimming in a pond, his, his dad was mowing the grass. And his dad looked over and he saw this alligator coming after his son. And the son saw it far too late and he started swimming as hard as he can to the shore. And right when he got to the shore, he, he got up on the dock and his father ran to him and grabbed his arms to pull him out. But at the same time, the alligator snatched his legs. As you can imagine, this huge tug of war happened between his dad. And even though the, the alligator was much more stronger, there was a passion and a fierceness that came over his dad rooted in love to not let his son, his boy, go. And eventually, uh, this tug of war is happening and his dad's gritting and he's not letting go, digging his fornails into his son's arms to desperately hang on to his son who he loves. And a, a farmer nearby saw this and comes over and helps and they rescue the boy. And after weeks and weeks in the hospital and weeks of surgery, the boy survives. And a newspaper art, uh, a reporter comes by and he says, what was it like? How did you endure that? How did you get through it? What were you thinking? And he says, the whole time I was looking into my dad's eyes. And my dad promised me that no matter what, no matter how hard it was and how painful it was, that he wouldn't let go. And yeah, I might have scars on my legs, but the scars that I'll always remember my whole life is the scars on my forearms, where my dad's fingernails dug into my skin to hold on to me. And at the end of the email, it said, life is hard and we all have scars. But instead of looking at those scars, thinking about how God forsook us or wasn't there to help us, maybe those scars are there to remind us that he fought for us and he'll always fight for us because that's what a good father does. So if this is your first time here, you've been coming for years, through this next two songs, we wanna have an opportunity for you to come and get some prayer. And if you have scars of a painful past and you feel like your father forsook you and wasn't there through a hard time, I ask you to step out in faith and choose to believe tonight through this song that his promises, that his love will never give up on you. That nothing will separate you from his love. And will you take a leap of faith and partner with someone and let them pray for you and lead you to a place of the Father?
runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me.
just never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up.
know if uh, you guys don't know this guy, this guy's name's Brad Hart, and he's uh, an older brother, a mentor to me, and uh, he works on campus, he owns his own photography business, he's been planted churches, and but the most thing I admire about him is that he's a dad to four small kiddos that just admire him and look up to him so much. And you know, Brad is blessing us to come lead worship once a month and help us out, and we didn't we randomly picked him to, to lead tonight when we're talking about the Father. And I just feel like he has a Father's blessing that he's going to pray over us. And uh, as we sing this last song, Good, Good Father, I know it's a song that we all know, but I feel like from a father to his kids, as Brad sings this song, hear the Father singing in his love to you. He's a good, good father, and he's full of love. And no matter where you're at tonight, he's always there to run and to meet you wherever you are. So, Brad, do your thing. Close this out, man.
safe and they're loved. God, your arms are wide open. He's just saying in a gentle whisper, come on home. Because he's so good. And no one has yet to experience his full goodness. pray you would accept that invitation tonight if that's you. Just come home. He made you. He sent you off into the world. And you might have been doing your own thing and now he's saying it's time to come home. so much for coming. Um, if you want to, if you need additional prayer, if you need to talk to somebody, man, there's plenty of people here who would love to chat with you and pray with you.